It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. This is a Fright Fest 2014 special of It's the Britflix.com podcast. This is a Fright Fest 2014 special of It's the Britflix.com podcast. Give us your name and your role on the film. Uh, my name is Ben Lloyd Holmes, and I'm uh, one of the actors in the expedition. I'm also a producer and writer. So your hands are quite full on this film. Yeah, yeah. All I didn't do was sing the theme tune and make the tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for the next film. Okay. So go on. What's the what's the uh, the film we're coming to talk about now? There's a little bit of. Uh... Kerfuffle is. So, do you want to just give us a quick explanation on where it is now in terms of what it's yeah. called? So, um, the film is called The Expedition. That's sort of been our working title, which we've kind of stuck with. But there is a few rumours that we may be changing the name to Extinction for the actual release. But that's sort of TBC for now. So, currently, as listed on the uh, Fright Fest website, it's The Expedition. And if it changes, obviously the listing will change appropriately, yeah? Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we live in hope. We, 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 we'll know. It's, it's a film with dinosaurs. There should be only one of us. <laughs> okay. So, well, that's a nice segue. Give us a brief synopsis of what the film is. So um, uh, the film is essentially uh, about a team of researchers and scientists that go to the Amazon in search of endangered species and themselves become on the endangered list when they discover dinosaurs living and breathing in a remote part of the Amazon. Um, so it's sort of, uh, I, guess, I guess, a high concept, would you call that? I think so. <laughs> it's, um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good, fun movie where... As we say, we find that there is this little colony of, uh, of dinosaurs that have been living and evolving uh, for all this time. You're a long way from a sink estate in East London, aren't you? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's not quite, uh, I guess, your normal thing to, to try and go for. And, you know, being, you know, not quite on the estate means everything's a little bit tougher, you know, <laughs> filming-wise. And, you know, dinosaur is a bit more hard, sorry, a bit more hard, a bit more difficult to, um, <laughs> you know, to wrangle than, uh, than extras. But, you know... We live and learn. <laughs> okay, then. Well, look, on a, where the ratio of 50-50 is equal, what's the, um, what would you say the ratio is scares to gross out in this movie? Uh, I would say we're probably higher on the scares list than we are on the gross out. There's a few pretty powerful moments in terms of uh, blood and guts, but I would say a lot of it is really on the scare side and on the thrill side. Okay. And for people going to Fright Fest, when and where is it showing? Uh, we're on a Sunday, which is the 24th, uh, in Discovery Screen 1, I believe, uh, and we're at 10.30am. Oh, early early risers there. Early doors, yeah. I know, drag yourself down on a Sunday morning. Cool. Now, look, it's, it's quite nice that you cover all those three bases for the questions I'm about to ask you, because I feel like you're, you're more than equipped. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. It's a good start. <laughs> so, in pre-production stage... Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. In the scripting stage, what 
would you say was some of the hardest challenges to resolve in terms of the storytelling? I think uh, the biggest challenge when you're scripting a project like uh, like this is you're because we've decided to do it in the sort of mockumentary. I hate to use the words found footage because that conjures up shaky cameras shot by amateur sort of stuff, which is not what we've gone for. Um, so if you're when you're going with a kind of fake documentary, real world um, film, it's very hard to do that when you're sort of subject matter is dinosaurs because, you know, you're trying to make something very, very real on one hand. And on the other hand, you know, you've got dinosaurs running around. So I think the biggest challenge was having the the world seem very real and having, you know, obviously our characters and story play out in a very realistic way in the time running up to um, obviously being confronted by the dinosaurs and then, you know, how they, how they react to that and, and how it plays out after that point. And, you're keeping that reality is a really interesting challenge, but it's something that we were obviously very keen to get right. And who, who's our hero in this movie, or is it a bunch of heroes? Well, it's it's definitely more of a team effort than than an individual um, hero. You know, our, our main our main characters really are um, played by Sarah Mack and Dan Karen. Um, she plays Sarah plays Michelle, who's a, a reporter who's sort of had a bit of a step up in her career, getting this opportunity. She's sort of had one of those dwindling daytime TV, you know, high up channels on the sky list, like, you know, a, a shopping channel or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's had an opportunity to go into the jungle and, and follow this team of researchers on what should be a normal expedition. Um, and her cameraman, James, who's played by Dan, and um, he's sort of a, he's a, you know, a grown up child, you know, he's sort of very childlike. He's, he's having fun all the time. And, um, you know, they're a little bit of uh, like a Tom and Jerry um, sort of team. You know, they, they love each other and hate each other with equal measure. Yeah. Um, and it's really, you know, a, a lot of their story. One of the interesting things about Dan is his character, James, acts almost as the audience's voice. You know, we all question movies when we, um, when we watch them, don't we? You know, we all yeah. can't help but say, oh, why would you do that? Well, what we had fun with with Dan was because, of course, his character James is actually a cameraman, so the shooting style is always going to be a bit better than, you know, if it's amateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also because of the, his character being quite playful and a little bit antagonistic, we get to play out some of the audience's thoughts actually in camera, if that makes sense. So, you know, if if he if if the audience might say, you know, um, oh God, why would you do that? Well. You know, James will often say it, and so it actually allows the audience to almost become a part of the movie in in a slightly more immersive way. So I guess they're the main they're the main characters, and supporting them we have uh, Housen, who's a um, who's the actual leader of the research team, who's played by myself, um, and then we've got his uh, sort of team members, who's uh, Rob, Lisa, and Tim. They're the uh, sort of research team, which is Neil Newborn, uh, Emily Lee Lees, and Simon Burbage. Um, and then beyond that, we've got uh, Ernesto Cantu and Dolores Reynolds, who are the um, the guides. So it's sort of a little bit of an ensemble piece. Okay. And how, how do you, I mean, from a writing point of view, were you already cast for that role? Or did that come about after? No, that came about after. I mean, I think when you're, when you're if you're a writer, producer, actor, I think it's really easy for people to think and for people to act in a way that you just, you know, you write a part, cast yourself in it and say, this is it, mate, like it or lump it. And, and I'm quite far the opposite from that. You know, if I'm writing and or producing anything i certainly it's certainly not written for me or 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 you know or 
sort of you know as as a concept it's not i don't come with it it's just obviously when uh, adam came on to work on the movie he said you know i think you'd be great to play house and some of the stuff you've done before and you know and it sort of it would be an interesting thing for you so at that point obviously um you know, then it becomes more, okay, well, maybe I would do this slightly differently and maybe I would, you know, um, if I was playing this character, how would I take on what's already in the script? But, um, you know, it's sort of, it's a character... I think when you're writing, you're always basing certain elements of characters on people you've met or people you know. Um, So sort of, you know, I already had a good idea of House and if that made sense when I then was chosen to play him. Okay. Now... Taking off your writer's hat now, put on your yes. producer's one. Yeah. Uh, did you give your Did you give your writing self a good telling off at any point? Um, <laughs> nothing. Thinking more um, in pre-production, which aspects of the shoot seemed almost surmountable? Now let's let's be honest. You're talking about dinosaurs, so again, if we use the the East End estate analogy, yeah. they, they already exist. We could put a camera in one and walk around and film it. Yeah. Dinosaurs don't exist. I imagine you didn't have the budget of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Maybe it's the similar, not quite the same. But yeah. <laughs> so, what were what, 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 what were those challenges in pre-production in terms of you know wanting to tell the story you wanted to tell it to look right, as it were? Yeah, I mean, you know, answering your first question, like you know, as I'm a very self-critical individual, so I did have to tell myself off. You know, producer telling off <laughs> my writer self as well a lot um, to to make sure that what was being written was good enough, you know, and was really going to ping off the page and was going to allow the characters to come out. So, you know, answering that question, you know, there's a huge amount of, you know, beating myself up to get it right. Mm. In terms of, you know, the insurmountable, um, you know, aspects of the shoot, as you say, we're doing a shoot that is almost entirely, if not entirely, uh, outdoors and in the wild. You know, we've got aircrafts, we've got real animals, we've got... Um, practical creature effects you've got digital creature effects um, you know and uh, it is a very very tricky thing to do and you know one thing I was very very um, concerned about was whether we could make the dinosaurs look real enough Mm -hmm. to even warrant the project being created because you know I've, I've seen a lot of you know a lot of movies that have creatures and dinosaurs in them and and they're not great and of course the you know the fantastic ones are of course Jurassic Park and and whatnot and you know they they do things fantastically mm. um, and you know a lot of films haven't really come anywhere close to that in that entire time and you know you you we understand that we're walking in very big shoes and you know our or my concern really was how do we somehow emulate that how do we you know put people in that same headspace so. You know, we, um, you know, we we looked long and hard at how we could do it, and we came up with a very good system of, you know, predominantly practical effects with some digital enhancements. Okay. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, a, dig- a purely digital creature or creatures, should I say? Because mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's a lot harder to make work. Um, and also in terms of your actors, you know, when you're providing them with physical uh creatures to interact with it certainly makes it a lot more interesting for them and a lot more believable and actually none of the cast were allowed to see the dinosaurs until they got on set oh that's interesting yeah it was good it was kind of it was a it was an interesting way to do it actually and, and funny enough the first time they saw one of the dinosaurs was at night and so they came onto this you know on, onto the set in the middle of the night you know in the um 
in the dark and there was just this huge shape, you know, just sort of slightly silhouetted in, you know, in the evening. And they could just see this big dinosaur. And it was, they were all quite intimidated. They were all quite scared. And, and that, you know, that really comes out in a couple of scenes, actually. It's quite, it's quite exciting. So what, go, go, moving into sort of shooting the film then, what, mm-hmm. what proved to be sort of a big, a big challenge for you, actually? Once, obviously, once you decided all these approaches, yeah. I mean, and all the plan in the world can just have to turn on its head in a two-minute decision, can't it, when you're on yeah. set? Yeah. Did you have anything like that, or were you able to sort of set your schedule and off your run? Well, I mean, the, the schedule was pretty tight because, of course, um, working with animals and with practical effects, both those things are very, very tricky. Um, I'm not sure if you've managed to see the trailer yet, but, um, I mean, in the trailer you'll see we've got scorpions, crocodiles, snakes, um, you know, spiders, all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Just working with them, you know, uh, we had a great animal handler and, and, you know, and someone who's great at that kind of thing, but even that... It's very, very time-consuming. And obviously, you know, our line producer and production manager, SJ and Becky, did a very, very good job about trying to keep us on on track. But, um, you know, there comes a time when when they're asking you to, you know, to move on and actually you have to say, I'm sorry, but we're not moving on because we haven't got this in the can. And, And it's sort of, it's a difficult balance to strike between, you know, getting all the shots done that day and you know, and actually not getting them done right. And, you know, obviously working with the practical effects as well, you, you know, they are very hard to make, you know, to, to, to make them work, you know, really, really well. And so, you know, I think a lot of those those headaches that you just think, you know, how am I going to do this? It's just a pr- once we sort of learnt how to approach the practical effect and learnt how to approach the animal effects, you know, I say effects, but the animal days, mm. um, you know, then we sort of, we, we knew how to get around it. We were gifted that we had, you know, fantastic places to shoot. You know, we were, you know, gifted that we had these great animals. We were gifted that we had a good cast. And, you know, so we, we had all those elements. We just then, you know, I guess that the headache was working out how to make them, you know, work schedule-wise and how to make them work uh, together. And somehow we uh, we got there. And where where was where did the shoot take place? Um large well largely in, in the uk surprisingly okay. um, and a bit in uh, in mauritius and um uh, a bit in um uh, spain so it's sort of a bit all over the place but yeah, uh, yeah so obviously you know it's it's about making making the the world work yeah no no i can imagine that's why i was sort of wondering about where <laughs> I, you know because I've, I've been watching um there's a there's a Western on uh, Blood Moon, which is on at Fright Fest, and I've watched some of that so far. And again, that's kind of... It's a Western, set in Colorado. But yeah. I can see from the cast, you know, there's a lot of people that are British. Yeah. And I'm dying to find out where it was shoot, where it was shot even. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there, there is a, uh, a Western place somewhere down on the south coast, you know, so I think... A oh, lot in Cornwall, places... yeah. I've been to a festival there. Yeah, so that, you know, there, there are a few, you know, a few ways to do it with actually not even a huge budget, but... You know, when you've got a little bit of budget, and you know you um, you can find you can find some wonderful places that are very close to the UK, or you know, or in the UK, and sometimes you can piggyback larger productions and use some of their sets and whatnot. So there so are what, ways what, to you know to do some of these really fantastic looking locations um, without having to go to the Planet of the Apes sort of budget. But what out of interest though, what did the the more exotic locations lend you the film or give you the film that you couldn't get in the UK? I think the um, you know when you're you're doing something set in the jungle, mm. you know you do need to show jungle. 
you know, <laughs> and you do need to show um you know big waterfalls and, and things like that so okay you know there's um that there's we have what we haven't done is gone to you know a local forest and pretended it's uh, um you know a local woodland and pretended it's the south american jungle you know that just won't work so yeah um, you know what, what uh, the foreign uh, locations gave us is you know a lot more lush, dense you know jungle environment that uh, that actually allow us to to bring the people into you know, bring the audience members and, and actually throw the cast into a, a more dense, thick, remote, and therefore you know dangerous and slightly threatening as much as it is beautiful world. And, and at Fright Fest, then is. Um... Is this a premiere for you? Is this an absolute premiere? Or? This, this will be the first time anyone has seen it publicly. It'll be the first time the cast have seen it. Blimey. It will be the first time any audience has seen it properly. The, I mean, I've seen the film possibly 300 times, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, checking every element of it and, and, and ensuring, um, you know, the sound and the picture and whatever is, is right and obviously working with our post-production team to make sure... You know, it is the film that we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like this will be the certainly the first time it has really been screened. Brilliant. So, in that sense, and without giving too much away, because obviously, if you say it's if it's a scary rather than a gross-out film, are there any particular elements or sequences that you're particularly excited to see a Fright Fest audience react to? Because obviously, we're, the the Fright Fest audience is sort of quite, is, is almost famed now, I suppose. They are, yeah. I think the I think the fright faced audience are more famous than all us filmmakers that put our, our films there. You know, the, the fright faced audience are, you know, they're great because they absolutely love uh, actually a really wide range of films. You know, I think that they're sort of seen very much as sort of genre picture lovers, but actually there's such a wide range of pictures that end up at fright fest because it is it is a really it's an interesting palette almost. Right, there are 69 films this year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's biggest yet, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so it's it's what I think that's that's what's great about them actually. That you know they, they love film, they know film, and and they have a, a diverse taste. And um, there there are a couple of thi- of sort of sequences and things that um, I'm really interested to see how they play out. One of the things is, and, and actually this doesn't give anything away because it is in the trailer. There's a moment when um, sort of three of our our survivors are, um, uh, are are confronted by a dinosaur, and they sort of you know, they, they fall down and the dinosaur approaches them and, and, um, and it attacks. Now, when you're making a film that is about dinosaurs being alive, you can't not f- acknowledge Jurassic Park and you can't not acknowledge um, what's gone before you. So we do have a few little playful references, um, you know, which sort of might lead you in the direction of one outcome and maybe goes another. Mm. And, uh, and that has a really lovely one in it. And, and, it, it's about 15 to 20 seconds from when the, you know, I say the joke, the moment starts to when it pays off. And, and I just, I hope, I hope it's really quite enjoyed, you know, because you, you may think, oh God, what are they doing? That's a complete pinch. But then, you know, it plays out very differently and it's quite fun. All oh, right. Well, we'll look forward to that then. Um, and are you, are you on social media? Can people get you on Twitter or anything like that? 
Yes, yeah, I am. Uh, well, the film is, of course, the film is Expedition Movie uh, yeah. on Twitter, and you can find us also, obviously, on Facebook. And I am Ben Lloyd Holmes, which is very hard to spell, apparently. It's B-E-N-L-O-Y-D-H-O-L-M-E-S. It's the, uh, the single L in Lloyd, you see, I think. That's... Yeah, it is. It's the one L thing, and <laughs> no one gets it right. I always get caught at passport control or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm on Twitter and on uh, Facebook as well, so everyone can come over, give us a like, and say hello, and feel free to... Talk you, movies you, and, and whatever else with me. Are you going to be at the festival, I presume? You cannot stop me being there. You cannot stop <laughs> me. Um, I, I just can't. I saw it for the first time in Dolby sort of surround sound um, the other day. And uh, and I cannot wait to, to watch it in a big screen, listening to the proper sound. You know, from what I saw the other day, it's going to be quite exciting. And we are doing a panel and uh, and the Q&A and stuff. So, um, oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So it should be, it should be great. Okay. Now moving away from your film for a second. Yeah. Um, we're Britflix. Like to promote British film, which is obviously why we're speaking to you guys. But also, yes. given what's given for Fright Fest, I'm speaking to horror people, and yes. I don't, I don't, I, I never mentioned this actually, but I recently just done twenty British horror films we recommend you should see uh, for Britflix. Um, so I want to ask horror filmmakers a whether they could recommend a British horror film that they feel maybe is a bit underrated and deserves more kudos? Um, I would say, uh, first things first, I would definitely say um, uh, The Seasoning House, which uh, I don't know if, uh, if everyone's seen that. but uh, We've had a lot on the podcast. Year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good film. And um, I think that's, you know, although I would see that as an audience member, not necessarily as a horror. I know it's often classed as a horror film because it's got some... You know, gritty um, themes uh, in it, and uh, but I think it's a really, really strong film, really, very, very strong. And I'm looking forward to seeing Axel Caroline's uh, new movie Soulmate, which I haven't seen yet, but um, that's that's on my one to watch list. Okay. And do you do you have an official release date yet, or is, um, or is the coming on the festival the release date? Yeah, so at Fright Fest, I believe we'll be announcing our release date. So I'm having a meeting next week to confirm the UK release dates as well as some of our other release dates. Um, and I, I believe we might be combining the full announcement at Fright Fest. Brilliant. Okay, well, look, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. This is a Fright Fest 2014 special of. This is a Fright Fest 2014 special of It's the Britflix.com podcast. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.